Thank you for joining us today, Ms. Shiro. My pleasure. Right. My first question is, um, Korean companies are increasingly choosing Australia as a global clinical trial site. Why do you think this is happening? It's a very good question. Um, it's happening for a range of reasons. Um, we certainly, for, me, for many decades now, have had a good reputation for our investigators and for our hospitals and medical research. Um, but more recently, we've seen um, continued good regulatory environment and uh, we have a startup system that is very fast. So it's a notification system rather than a, an approval. So it means that you can start up your clinical trials within eight weeks in most mm -hmm. cases. And uh, add to all that, about 10 years ago, we were um, lucky enough to have our federal government implement a, a, a research and development tax incentive that has a refundable co component for some companies. And so that means if you're eligible, you can get 43.5% of your expenditure refunded as a cash refund. And that makes uh, it a very attractive place uh, to do clinical trials. So how does Australia compete with other Asian sites? Um, what, what are your uh, particular advantages you have? So I think those, those advantages I've talked about are very important as a package. Um, I think the, the combination of having a, a multicultural um, population also being um, able to, to have um, data um, that is recognised by the world's leading regulators. So it's um, our, if you do your clinical trials in Australia, uh, the FDA and the, and the um, uh, European regulator will accept that data. And so that's um, very attractive for some, for some companies. Um, I think also that other package of things that I talked about, good intellectual property protection, fast startup, cost competitive trials and excellent researchers means that um, as a package it's a very it's a very good place to do your trials. So are the package you talk about, is it just for foreign companies or just in general? Um, it's predominantly it was set up for Australian companies and in fact uh, it's been an unexpected benefit that uh, overseas companies have been able to access it. And we've seen um, that uh, that opportunity taken up almost within 12 months of the incentive being available, which was 10 years ago. And we've seen um, huge growth in the number of um, beds available to do clinical trials and the expertise and connectedness of the clinical trials network now is increasing. Um, I think it's also um, notable that the Australian Health Minister uh, about five years ago um, said that he felt that, that Australia was a great destination to do clinical trials and that we were, um, that the government was taking steps to make that as easy as possible and they're currently working on a program called uh, the Clinical Trials Front Door and the, uh, and, and the um, uh, and a, a slightly broader program, but that's about being able to access for, for any company to be able to come into the country um, and easily access the services that they need, um, a concierge type service for the country, which is great. So, 
So um, do you really see that Korean companies are you know, among the top uh, the clinical trial, uh, top, com top companies that are doing clinical trials in your country? They certainly are amongst the, the, the people doing clinical trials and I've had some interesting discussions today um, with Korean companies who are very interested to come. Um, we've also got a, a delegation of 19 Australian companies with us who uh, are clinical trial providers of, of various parts of the, uh, of the um, pathway and those people have been having active, very active discussions with Korean companies. So, um, what role is Australia playing in the APEC region in the life science sector, and what is your ultimate goal? Well, I think um, the ultimate goal is to have a thriving ecosystem, uh, which is world class, and which is located in this part of the world, uh, rather than the northern hemisphere. Um, so, we're um, we're looking to be a central point in the southern hemisphere. Um, for the development of biotech and you may be aware that, that Australia has been in the top 10 um, as for biotechnology innovation um, for many years and so um, we want to work with the world's best and we know that, that um, many of those people are here in Korea so the opportunities for partnering and for um, working with companies um, is, is very important um, there's um, a number of partnerships that have um, that have been um, uh, talked about in the last couple of days um, on the stage, um, most notably with um, one of our la our large, not one of our largest companies, but our largest biotech company, which is CSL, and that's a, a local company um, called SK Group. SK Group. Yes. Oh, SK has uh, some affiliates. SK Bioscience, SK Biofarm, or SK Plasma, or SK... And I'm not clear which one of those entities had the partnership with CSL, no, but... Is it a vaccine partnership? It's, it was for a haemophilia drug. Oh, I think maybe uh, SK Plasma. Oh, yeah. yeah yes, I think, that, I think you're right, yeah. yes. So that's um, been a great example of the uh, collaborative spirit um, that is between uh, Korea and Australia. So, um, so in terms of partnerships and license deals, um, which areas do you think that Australian companies are particularly interested in with uh, reaching deals with Korean companies? Uh, I think most of it is around clinical development oh. at this point. So. Um, I, I think there is um, some examples of, of drug development partnerships, um, but the um, relationship is young in that in this sense, and um, that uh, Australia's biotechnology um, industry is very young as well. Um, it's a it's a very long term industry. Um, you may be aware that it takes ten to fifteen years to bring a product to market. So we have an industry that has been around for thirty five years, but 20 years ago we only still had 100 companies and now we've got 1400 companies so we're it's growing exponentially now um, and we've had 40% growth in two years um, so it's accelerating as time goes by and that's probably what you'd expect to see in a long-term undertaking like biotechnology or medical technology development 
So I think that um, Korea is probably a little bit more developed in their industry than Australia, um, but there are and so there are opportunities, but but not at a huge distance in terms of um, the, the the level of maturity of the sector. So we're growing up together, really. So um, are there any efforts have taken to strengthen you know biopharma collaborations between the two countries? Um, we've been working with um, uh, what you would call goodwill partnerships with a number of Korean organisations and um, you, uh, I think you know about our partnership with Kitty and uh, which has been going on for many years um, and we've been working with Calm um, for also for many years um, with exchanges and um, in the regenerative medicine space. There's been a lot of parallels between our industries in that sense. So those, um, uh, we've had um, reciprocal visits between Australia and Korea for probably six or seven years now uh, that have been going on. Um, and we're stopped through COVID. So uh, we've, um, <laughs> of course, we've had a little bit of a gap, um, but have started back up now. And um, we, we just signed a memorandum of understanding yesterday with the Korean Biomedical um, Medicines Association. Oh, right, right. So we hope that that will also uh, help yeah. us to accelerate those relationship building exercises. Okay, that's it for today. And thank Lovely. you very much for your time. My pleasure, thank you. Miss Cheryl. Thank you. So thank you for your time today, Miss Queen. So I understand that the Australian government is trying to attract investment from other countries in the biotech sector. So what kind of incentives are you providing to foreign companies? Uh, yes, you're right. We are trying to attract investment, but not only investment. We're trying to attract companies who want to come to Australia to conduct clinical trials, to perhaps set up uh, a headquarters for the Southeast Asia Pacific region, or who want to partner with Australian universities, research institutes and companies. So the, the incentives that we offer for them to come are numerous, but I think I'll start by talking about the R&D tax incentive, which is one of the most generous uh, R&D tax incentives in the world. So and a number of Korean companies are taking advantage of this to conduct their clinical trials in Australia. So let me explain what that is. So... For companies with a turnover of less than $20 million Australian who establish uh, an Australian presence, it doesn't have to be headquarters, it can be subsidiary, um, and who conduct eligible R&D in Australia, they are entitled to claim a 43.5% cash rebate on the R&D they conduct. So let's say it's an early stage company in Korea that has developed a compound they want to do a phase one trial, they can come to Australia, register a business name, conduct the clinical trial, and then they can claim the 43.5% cash rebate. So it's a really big incentive for Korean companies, smaller Korean companies, to do their clinical trial in Australia. Um, and we consider that an investment because they come to Australia and they set up an office uh, and they do business there. 
for larger companies who are more than $20 million of revenue, they can claim a tax rebate. Not cash, but they can claim a tax rebate. So there's still a benefit for them. There are other incentives too, um, including uh, companies can apply for some of our schemes like the Modern Manufacturing Initiative. The Australian government is trying to revitalise our manufacturing sector, which had been slowly eroding before COVID, and now they realise they need to invest in manufacturing. So they have special schemes for genomics and regenerative medicine and digital health. So Korean companies who come to Australia can apply for those grants as well. And then uh, our states and territories, um, we have eight states and territories, uh, they also have incentives for companies. Most of them are general in nature, but biotech companies can apply for them. There's a number of them that um, you can find if you contact uh, Austrade or our state governments. I've also asked this to uh, Ms. Cheryl, but uh, compared to other Asian you know, countries, what incentives, I mean, what are the advantages that Australia is providing for, you know, companies? <laughs> well, Australia is a good place to conduct your early stage research and clinical trials because, uh, especially for companies who want to go to the US market or uh, Europe, we're an English-speaking country and they can come to Australia before they go to the US in that environment and then do their work there and then take the big step into the US. But we also have a very multicultural uh, uh, population. So clinical trials can attract people from many cultures, uh, whereas in some other nations it's just one ethnicity, whereas in Australia there are many. Uh, and so some, uh, some, let's say a Chinese company might want to just do a Chinese cohort only. We can do that or we can do it with all nations. Uh, our quality is excellent, so the data that is generated in a clinical trial or any work can be registered uh, with the regulatory authorities in the US and Europe. And it's fast because you can start quickly, much quicker than the US. So a clinical, an early stage clinical trial can be conducted much faster in Australia than in the US or in other countries. And I think the, yeah, the, the regulatory, our regulatory environment is strong, but it's not onerous. So you've mentioned that Korean companies have, you know, conducted a lot of clinical trials in your country. So what are some of the successful like uh, examples of collaborations? There are a number of CROs who conduct these trials and we don't always know which companies they're conducting the trials for, but there are some Korean companies that have established offices or partnerships in Australia that we know about. Uh, one of them is Celtrion, they have an office in Australia. Uh, Yuhan Corporation has partnerships um, in Australia. Uh, there's a company called Wellesis. I'm not sure if you know Wellesis. It's been out of Samsung. They've uh, established uh, their company in Australia as well. Uh, that's a remote heart monitoring device. And even Kitty, the Korea Health Industry Development Institute, has partnered with mRNA Victoria to advance R&D and commercialization of mRNA vaccines. So I understand that uh, you mentioned that early clinical trials that a lot of companies are doing uh, in your country. What about the later stage clinical trials? 
are you planning to provide like, more incentives or more? Yeah, look, um, the companies can already do later stage clinical trials in Australia and some of them do. I think the reason that perhaps uh, we don't get full clinical trials is our population is probably a little too small. So if a company is testing a drug that needs thousands and thousands of patients with one particular condition, they may not be able to get them all in Australia. So they may have to do that in two or three markets. But that's not uncommon. Even if somebody's doing a trial in the US, they may also need to get data in Europe as well, or Korea as well. So um, I think it's more that sometimes we just don't have enough patients with the right, with the right condition to satisfy the requirements. Uh, but certainly um, there is the capacity to do later stage trials. And, and they do happen. It's just that we seem to have developed a niche for early stage trials. Thank you so much for time today. Oh, you're yes, very welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Bye. Bye.